Welcome to AgriMinds, the podcast where we explore the intersections of personal growth and professional success in the ag industry. I'm Casey Bull, your host. Thank you for joining me as we dive in to the different strategies and insights that will help you level up your life and career. From mental health to leadership development, we're going to cover it all. So sit back and get ready to grow with AgriMinds. Well, hey, Michelle. Hello. (laughs) So I've got Michelle Miller here today, also known as the Farm Babe, and we're going to be sharing all the things behind the curtain of her personal and professional journey in agriculture and outside of ag. And so we've got a ton of questions that I want to get through today. So let's just go ahead and get started. But first of all, will you go ahead and just introduce yourself? Tell us what you do, where you're from, how you got to where you are today. Don't hold back. Okay, sounds good. I'm Michelle Miller, known as the Farm Babe on social media, and I'm an advocate for agriculture for farmers and ranchers, and I work to bridge the gap between consumers and farmers. So I started the Farm Babe back in 2014 as a way to do a lot of myth busting. I actually kind of had a big city girl background. I grew up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and I was a 4-H kid and like grew up around agriculture, and I really loved it, but ended up moving to Los Angeles for college. So after living in LA and Chicago, I I basically fell victim to a lot of the misinformation surrounding the food supply with with regards to, you know, GMOs or factory farming or all these different things that people hear, you know, or around hormones and antibiotics and this, that, and the other. And so, you know, I, I like learned all these things that I thought were true. I was actually pretty fearful of the food supply. Like I would only buy like organic and non-GMO and gluten-free and all this stuff, these trends. And then I ended up dating a farmer. And so I I kind of gave up my big city lifestyle for a town of a thousand people in Iowa. And so my degree was like in a fashion school. I went, I I have a degree in visual communications and I worked for Gucci on Rodeo Drive. (laughs) And so I was like really city, you know, like I did all the window displays, visual merchandising for Saks Fifth Avenue and Gucci. And I had this big fashion background, which I still really love, but, um, now I say that I've gone from rodeo to the rodeo, <laughs> but what happened was when I, when I moved to the farm in Iowa and we started farming together, me and my now ex-boyfriend, we were together almost eight years, but throughout that time, you know, we were raising corn and so raising um, sheep and cattle grew corn, soybeans, hay, all this stuff. And I started the farm babe because I just realized that there was a big disconnect, you know, and I wanted to kind of bridge that gap. So in the last eight years, nine years now, I'm now a keynote speaker. I'm a writer, journalist, columnist, a social media influencer, and just do everything I can to give science a bigger voice and do a lot of myth busting. And so I'm really passionate about science, communication, agriculture, advocacy, and just helping people not fear their food and celebrating the great men and women behind agriculture. So, wow. That's how. So- it all I love everything that you just said, because there are so many bits and pieces of like, wait, you shouldn't like this and this, you shouldn't (laughs) be doing this and that. And I think in agriculture, a lot of us get stuck in a lane of like, oh, I've been in ag chem sales. So that's what I'm going to die doing. Or I, um, I grew up in the extension office, so that's what I'm going to do. And it's so scary for people to think outside of the box or even believe that they're capable of doing something completely different than what they've been doing. And so today I want to, I want to kind of dive into what your personal and professional development journey has looked like from the time that you, you took that aptitude test that said you should be in ag and you're like, just kidding. I'm going to go work for Gucci. (laughs) And so, you know, like walk me through like what was going through your mind of like, well, this is something I enjoy doing and I want to pursue that. And so I'm going to move to California. I'm going to go work on Rodeo Drive because that's what fills my cup up. So walk me through why you decided to follow that versus what people thought you should probably do. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, high school aptitude tests, guidance counselors, teachers, everybody, they all said you should work in agriculture. That's what all of my tests told me to do. I loved the farm life growing up. Um, In my freshman year of college, I actually majored, um, I'm from Wisconsin, like I said, I had almost a full scholarship for music. So I started off as a clarinet performance major at University of Wisconsin, um, basically just because, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to play the clarinet professionally. And I had a lot of scholarships to do that. So I did the music thing, but about, about a semester in, um, I didn't really feel challenged. And I just was learning that 
a lot of people that want to play professionally, they, it's really hard for them to get a job. And so I was like, well, I didn't want to teach. Everybody's like, you should teach. You should teach. I'm like, I don't want to teach. Like, all I want to do is show up and play the clarinet. Like I'm the creative type. And so I ended up changing my major, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was just, it was like my summer off of college after my freshman year. And I just like did a Google search, like, you know, different career paths and stuff. And I just started reading and learning. And then I found this school. It was just kind of like in a Google search out in LA and like, I just called it and the admissions counselor like just explained to me all their programs. And I was like, that sounds amazing. She's like, you can work in fashion and do window displays and merchandising. And like, I've always been the creative type. So when I think about doing those big fancy window displays and like all that stuff, I was like, that's awesome. And so I put my sights on it and I went to school for it. And I just, I did, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I was good at it. But the problem there was just, it didn't pay a lot of money. And so I loved it, but I was pretty poor. <laughs> and so, you know, if you can imagine working for Gucci Beverly Hills, you know, I was making $15 an hour. Like, who can live in LA on $15 an hour? Even 20 years ago, that was hard, you know, and that's how long ago I graduated college 20 years ago. Oof. But yeah, so then I moved to Chicago and I got a job with Saks Fifth Avenue on that big main, you know, Michigan Avenue flagship store. It's like 11 stories of just creativity. It was really fun. But um, yeah, you know, just kind of career paths that just kind of kept shifting around. Then I got into sales and I was making a ton of money, but I was really stressed. And then I became a bartender on a beach in Florida. <laughs> and then I met a farmer and it was like the farmer from Iowa, like was down in Florida on vacation. He hit on his bartender and it worked. And so it's just been this crazy journey. And so it's just like when I moved to the farm, it's like my passion was just reignited. Like everything that I, I was told I should be doing, everything that I loved as a 4-H'er in middle school and high schooler, they were right. Because now here I am, you know, moving back to the farm and like, oh my God, it all it's all just back. I'm so happy. I love what I do. And all it started was with a Facebook page. In 2014, I was just like, the farm babe was a spinoff of the food babe who was like spreading a ton of misinformation online. And I was like, the food babe had blocked me. And there's this Facebook group called Banned by the Food Babe, which has like 10,000 people in it. <laughs> and so I was just like, I'm just going to start the farm babe because the food babe won't let farmers talk about farming. So I'm going to give farmers a voice. And it's, yeah, it's, but that was, yeah, that was like eight, nine years ago now. And it's, and it's just grown from there. It all started with a Facebook page. And now I just get to travel. I was a farmer but the farm babe took off so much to the point where like my business was growing so much that I no longer had time to be a farmer because I was traveling so much. And, um, you know, I, I travel so often now with my role in advocacy that I can't even keep a house plant, you know? So, mm. you know, but now instead of being a farmer, now I'm busy advocating on behalf of farmers and I'm touring farms and agribusinesses and seeing where our food comes from and telling that story of the entire food supply chain from farm to fork. So I learn a lot, I travel a lot, and continue to advocate. But all of that is filling your cup up. And I loved at the very beginning about like the music major. I was like, you're so multifaceted that it, like <laughs> I can resonate with this so much. So I grew up on a farm in West central Indiana in a very, very teeny tiny remote town. And I always thought the only way for me to get my cup filled, because I have that creative side too, of like, I love newness. I love starting from scratch. I love thinking creatively and doing something different but there's not a ton of room for that on a multi-generation farm of people True. who are, this is what we've done. So this is probably what we're going to continue to do, unless you can prove to me that it is a worthwhile venture. And so there wasn't a whole lot of room for me to like bring new ideas and like, I didn't want to implement them. And we talked about this right before we got on the call of like, I love to start stuff and I don't always like to finish things and that's okay. And not having the guilt around that. Right. And so being free to change your mind, guilt-free, right. And knowing, okay, these are all the things that are going to get me excited. How do I continue on a, a, a trajectory or a life of things that are going to excite me and not falling into or falling into a rut of, oh, this is, this is what I'm good at. Here's where the money is. So I must stay here, even though it's stressful or 
this is what, you know, society thinks I should fit into. And so yeah. I probably just stay here because it's safe. It's comfortable. People are not asking questions. They're not saying I'm nuts, but you were like, nope, I'm going to just completely shift gears, even though like it probably still to this day, even though that was 2014 is having people raise eyebrows at you. Like, are you really familiar with what you're talking about? Because you're not actually on the farm. Are you full of credentials? Like that was a big fear of mine in, you know, like doing coaching. Right. So like I grew up on the farm. I don't have a psychology degree. I don't have a life coaching certificate. I mean, I've gone through coaching programs, but there are people who have much more qualification than me. And so that was like a heavy thing of like, well, this isn't what the the typical path of people who end up at this place are or have taken. So how do you push through like, the naysayers or the people who are like, no, you should have done this and this and this. And then you can talk about that first. How yeah. do you just do that? That's a great question. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times it boils down to, okay. Like I think about it when I had a sales career, right. Um, I sold telecom T1 lines. I don't have an IT background. Like I was all trained on the job. A lot of people take jobs where mm -hmm. they have no experience, where they have no background in that particular field, but they learn on the job. And that's what mentorship is. That's what coaching is. That's what a job is. So what is it? Something like 85% of people don't use their degrees. And like, I'm just one of those 85%. That's a lot of people. You don't really need to have the degree to get the job or have the proper career. And a lot of time, what that boils down to is just, are you a people person? Do you have trust? And when you have relationships and a personality, it's like, okay, when I was in sales, you told me before the podcast started that it's okay to brag a little, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I was good at sales. I was the number one sales rep in the company out of like almost 700 people. But it's like, can you have the personality, the empathy, the kindness, the likability to excel in a career? So like I would have guys in my office that were total nerds, like no offense, right? Like really good at IT, really bad with people. So like they have the degree and they have the knowledge, but then they don't have the people skills to back it up. So you can be a very intelligent person, but like kind of to your point, you have coaching training. I have public speaking training. I did pageants from the time I was 12 on. I was on stage my whole life taking college level speaking courses, doing theater, drama with, you know, forensics, like public speaking competitions. Like I did all that from middle school and high school. So like that is what I did, but just because I don't have a degree in it, doesn't necessarily matter. And it's the same goal with farming. Well, I'm not a farmer anymore, but I was, you know, and it's like, but the fact is, is now you're right. Sometimes people do say, oh, well, are you, I, I feel like I haven't really had that issue, but I also, when I do my social media outreach and stuff, I'm very forthcoming about the fact that I'm learning this today. Isn't this cool? And so I'm coming at it as like, I'm a blogger kind of thing and I'm learning and I'm sharing with you. And also because I have such a big following in agriculture, my, my followers are learning something different. Like maybe that's all they know is corn and soybeans in Indiana. Right. So when I'm introducing cotton and peanuts, they're like, wow, like I just did a video on wheat silage harvest and people are like, I didn't even know wheat silage was a thing. And so it's just fun because it's like, I don't claim to be an expert. I know, I know a lot. I know a little about a lot but I'll never claim to be like the go-to soybean expert, right? I can talk about soybeans. I was a part of a soybean farm for almost eight years. I know a lot about soybeans, but I'm not a professional soybean farmer, but I will speak at professional soybean conferences to talk about how we can better advocate and push the industry forward from a social media consumer con like communication perspective with a degree in visual communications. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think... You just have to keep going and follow your passion. And, and eventually, you know, you can be seen as a thought leader as you continue to build your reputation and your brand and you prove yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. And I think that's one of the key things there. You know, like, like I said, AgriMinds is focused on the personal and professional development of ag and that crossroads of it. So how do we take the skills 
that we're born with our God-given talents of people person versus introvert or someone who's mechanically inclined or versus someone who's just a creative, right? So we take the, the personal development and then we intersect it with the, the professional of, okay, what tools and resources can I find or keep in my tool belt so that way I can sharpen and refine those existing God-given talents, but then know, okay, how do I ask those questions? Like you said, on the job, like you're in the moment. How do I learn right now and know how to approach those situations without coming across of like, Hey, I know all of this stuff. So trust me here. It's more so of like, I'm interested and I want to know more what's the right approach here? And how do I put that into context for those people around me at the same time? And I think it's so cool to live at that intersection or the crossroads, because I think a lot of people get really stuck on one way or the other, and it, they, they get so far removed from that other place, right? So like, if we're, if we're going down the, the highway of professional development, we are sharpening skills, we are climbing this ladder, and then we're so far removed from the personal side that we're maybe hindering relationships at home or forgetting what a hobby is and our joy tank starts to get depleted. But then on the vice versa side, if like you're going down the personal highway and you're, you know, becoming very self-aware and you are learning how to do all of this stuff that aligns with your home life, you know, you still have to earn an income. You still need to continue to challenge yourself. So you might get stuck in a mundane situation of like, I just, I feel like I'm so far removed from career that I don't know who I am anymore. I've done all of this personal life stuff, made sure that I'm the best mom, made sure that I'm the best wife, made sure that I'm in tune with who I am, you know, spiritually, but um, you know, do I have an identity over here too? And so it's yeah. just like trying to find the right balance of all that, right? Like we talked about like work-life balances out. We don't say that anymore. We say life balance now. Yeah. And how do we find that right balance? And so I love that you're still taking bits and pieces of who you are in your core and still applying it to, this is how I can earn an income doing something that really fills my cup back up. I just, I love that so much. So I guess the next thing I would say is like, what kind of, um, you know, resources or, or anything have you utilized or found beneficial as you've kind of navigated your career into speaking? I mean, how do you, or do you continue to sharpen those skills? Like, are you asking questions to people who have done this longer than you or people who are just starting out and you're like, Oh, that's a fresh idea. I hadn't thought about that before. Like walk me through what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so important to constantly be connecting and networking with people within your industry and what you're doing. So like one of the biggest resources I found, um, there's actually a website called socialbluebook.com. And Social Blue Book is kind of like the Kelly Blue Book for social media influencers. And I remember like when I started my page in 2014, I never set out to do it as a career. I was a bartender. Um, I moved to the farm. I started farming with my boyfriend at the time. And then I was bartending um, part time in, evening, in the evenings. Um, and then I became a casino dealer. So like, let's just add one more weird career path, right? Well, it wasn't a career path, but just like, you know, like if I can like deal poker on a Friday or Saturday night while I can still farm during the day. It was like, just like a, a nice little side income. Right. And then I was doing the farm babe just as a hobby. And I never thought that the farm babe would take off into a full-time career. For me, it was just like a creative outlet. It was a blog. I never thought that it would be, but then as I got going and then I was getting approached by brands and different groups to speak and brands to um, promote and being like a, a writer and columnist. And like it, it all just naturally evolved organically, but you know, to your point, how do you know? And Social Blue Book was one of those great sites that you can plug in all your social media channels and it grades you and it tells you what you're worth per post. And that's what a lot of the big influencers are using. Um, there's also a lot of agencies out there. So if you work with agencies, they can give you some insight into that. But um, yeah, so so doing that and then just connecting with other speakers too, for sure. And just saying, you know, hey, I'm just, I've had many speakers come to me that are just getting started and they're like, I don't know what to charge. Like, I didn't know what to charge at first, you know? And so you kind of start off, okay, I'm going to do this talk for a thousand dollars. And then the next thing you're, you know, you're up to three, four or five. Right. And so it's, it's, um, it comes with time and experience and knowledge and, um, you know, if, whether or not you're, you're good at it, you know, there's a lot of speakers out there that 
maybe have all the credentials in the world kind of going back to, you know, like talking about like my IT example, right? Where it's like, you can be really knowledgeable. There's, there's a lot of people that can go up and present chart and graph after chart and graph, but it's, <laughs> you want to take a nap. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's like, okay, how do we balance this entertainment value with information and, and always working on the people, the life balance that you said. So mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. I love that. And I like that you're kind of sharing some of those different resources, because I think that's, that's what, you know, people in AgriMinds are after are like that exclusive behind the scenes of like, well, what resources, like, you know, like, what is it that you're using? What thoughts are you having? What questions are you asking these people? Like we say all the time, network, find a mentor, go to trade shows, like get out there. But it's like, but then what, what's the deeperness of that? What's the actual question? What's the actual conversation I'm supposed to be asking and talking yeah. about with these people? And so I love that you're sharing those pro tips because I think that's awesome. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit before we jumped on too. It's like, as I'm, uh, you know, maybe considering uh, moving up in my career, going to the next level, or maybe is it time for me to pivot in my career altogether, knowing that I've been in sales for 10 years, should it, you know, is it time for me to go into something else because I'm just not enjoying it anymore? Or yeah. um, is it time for me to take the hobby and make that my full-time thing? I think a lot of people in AgriMinds are going to be having those questions too of like, I don't know what the next chapter for me is. Is it just sharpening where I am now? And if it is, how do I just have peace with that? How do I just know, okay, it's cool to pause right? Yeah. Like it's totally fine to be content with where you are, but there's so much pressure coming from you from a million directions of like, no level up. No, make your new year, new year resolution. No set all these goals. And it's like, but I'm good. Yeah. How can I just like be fine with where I am too. But then there are also these people who are like, I want to do something, but I don't know if I'm capable of, I don't know what the right timing is. I don't know what steps I need to take. And so I just love that we're kind of walking through that because everyone has those questions at one point in their time. But something that you mentioned earlier was like, you know, when you were still farming and you were doing some other things, but you did have the farm page paid, how did you know it's time for me to take this full time? Like I'm going to follow this passion, even though it looks very non-traditional, even though I don't necessarily have the right credentials or the credentials that people think I should have. How did you get the confidence? What, what was in place? Did you have a support system? Did you tell anybody about it? Did you get advice? What resources or uh, what steps did you take to prepare yourself and how did you know, okay, that's everything's in line and I'm ready to go? Yeah, for sure. So my time on the farm, you know, um, and to your point, we talk about different personalities on the farm, right? Having different strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, we mentioned this, this was offline earlier. We talked about how, like, I'm not always the best at physical labor. I'm more of like the brainstormer, the not, I, I'm the people person. I'm the, the sales marketing, like, um, you know, stuff like that. So while my boyfriend at the time just puts his head down and works and does not have social media, does not want to be around people, does not, I'm sitting here going, we could do agritourism. Like I want to do farmer's markets. I want to sell this direct. Like we make a great product. And so you may be thinking that the listeners may be thinking that, right? Like what is, and so he didn't want any part of that, but he's like, if you want to, you go right ahead. And so like, I was like, okay. So I started doing farmer's markets. So what was nice about that is like, just to have enough income to get me going, it's like, okay, I was bartending or working at the casino part-time, then I was doing farmer's markets part-time. And what's nice about doing farmer's markets is you can come and go, right? So um, in, in Northeast Iowa, where I was, you, you know, there's markets almost every night of the week in a different town. So I could pick and choose and then, oh, well, I have to work at the casino that night. I'm going to miss, you know, so I kind of had like multiple sources of income and then as the farm babe income was coming in, it was like a speaking engagement here and a speaking engagement there. And then when I finally decided to take the plunge was really just when I noticed that I really couldn't do farmer's markets anymore, that I really couldn't be a part of the farm anymore because I was so busy traveling. So really it just happened organically with the travel. And then 
as growing my social media following, then I had, you know, um, a website come to me and say, hey, will you write for us full time? So that was great because I could work from home. Again, um, an additional source of revenue. So you've got different street revenue streams coming in different places to the point where now you can say, okay, like it all just happened very naturally. But I think what happened was I had booked I had been asked to speak at a conference and I was working at the casino at the time. And I asked my boss if I could have that weekend off. And I asked her off nine months in advance. I said, I want to speak at this event. And she's like, well, that's our busiest weekend of the year. And I don't think that I can give that to you off. And I was like, I'm asking you nine months in advance, right? Like, this is really important. This is a big deal. I want to be at this farm conference. She wouldn't give me the weekend off. So I ended up having to turn that down. And then that weekend that it was time, Kathy had the weekend off. And I said, did you ask for that weekend off? And she goes, no. And I let my boss have it. I said, I asked off nine months in advance and you told me no, but you gave her the weekend off and she didn't even ask for it when I asked for it. Mm. And I put her in her place and I was so upset that I just quit right there on the spot. I was like, I asked for this and you didn't give this to me. I'm done. (laughs) And like, I already didn't like my boss. (laughs) So I was like, really easy to just be like "Mm." and that's the other thing you have to realize when it comes to career it's like if you can't stand your boss like if you are that freaking miserable try something new or like figure out a way to get a different boss figure out a different role within the company because there's nothing worse I've been there we've probably all been there when you just hate going to work like that sucks when work is like 80 some percent of your life you should put your, you need to prioritize your happiness. Mm-hmm. And so I basically quit on the, on the spot. And that's when I just said, Oh, now what? <laughs> I just quit my job. My boss sucks. Oh, it, I love that. Up, it freed up <laughs> more time for me to do form, more farmers markets. It freed up more time for me on the farm. And I was still writing. Then I got picked up by another site. Then my, then I had more time to invest in my social media page, which was growing. So I was getting more social media influencer gigs, more speaking opportunities. And it just grew to the point where I was like, holy crap. So it was about two years in that I was able to do the farm babe full time. Wow. So it all just, it all just kind of goes to show, like, I mean, I hate this I I don't hate it. But like when people say, do what you love and the money will follow. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. Like if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. A lot of farmers will say that Um, if you love it and you can do that and you can follow that. You don't work like you're so happy. You're so fulfilled. I would rather have time and happiness than money any day. You know what I mean? And I think it takes people time throughout their lives to realize what's really important, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's why I love the working genius model so much, which a lot of, um, a lot of the clients that I have already, that's something that we do is we figure out, okay, what is your working genius? And we'll dive into that a little bit more, you know, through the next couple of weeks at Agrimines, but, um, you know, just really understanding like, well, what is it that brings me joy? And I know that sounds like so like, and a lot, like if you're a (laughs) farmer, you're like, like we don't have time for joy. The cows need milk. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) You know, like I totally get that. But at the same time, it's like, are, are you happy with the life that you're living? You know, if, if we're using the dairy farmer scenario of like, are you totally fine with the life that you're living? Like, are you good with being frustrated? Are you good with not having vacations? Are you good with missing out on your son's soccer game? Like, And if so, then I don't think this is the conversation for you, but if you are frustrated and it's like, okay, how do we put those processes in place to say, this is the part of my farming operation that I love. So I want to do that bit. And now here's the other areas that I need to delegate because that might be just the task that somebody else in your operation loves to do. And they hate doing the things that you love to do. And so it's just understanding if you don't know what makes you happy and nobody gonna know yeah so taking the time and doing the work and understanding that different self-development aspect of like 
I want to do more of this kind of stuff and I'm responsible for the farm or I'm responsible for this business or I'm responsible for this team. And I know that this is what gets me excited. And this is what gets this person excited. We can put the right people in the right place at the right time for the right types of work. And then that is what they mean by saying, if you do what you love, it doesn't feel like work. And I, yeah. I understand that that's not always the case in every situation. I mean, you may have a job where you don't enjoy any aspect except for one little sliver. And it's like, okay, well, if you're too scared to move into a new role that gives you more of that, how do we take that one little sliver and sandwich all those tasks that we don't like doing? So that way we're filling our cup up, emptying, filling it up, emptying. And that keeps our momentum at least getting through the day. If you don't have the opportunity to leave your job for whatever, because I mean, I'm being very realistic. Sometimes it's just the timing. We've got financial crisis or our family just, it's a, it's a bad time for me to make any move. So yeah. how do we just at least take that knowledge and use that as the carrot out in front of us to keep that momentum going until we get into a position where we can do something like what you did and leave the thing that's frustrating you and do the thing that's lighting you up and earn income doing that. Yeah. So exactly. I just, I love that. Yeah. Oh, this is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. So, um, anything else that you want to share around, like, um, I, you mentioned something earlier about like the college versus like, you didn't mention trade, but that's where my mind went of like the degree part, right? Like, yeah. I, I think so many people are pressured mm -hmm. into what are you going to school for after you graduate from high school? And they're like, there, it's an expectation that people have to pick something. And I truly think when you're 16, 17, eight years, you're old, you don't know what you want to do. Right. I mean, I knew that I went to agriculture, you know, as a degree, because that's, I grew up in ag. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to get a degree, I might as well be able to benefit our farm in whatever way. Yeah. Um, but to be honest with you, like part of me really wanted to go on Broadway and sing for a living. Like, yeah. so it's like, how do you, how do you take that age? Cause you said you speak to a lot of middle school and high schoolers too. Like, how do you take that age who maybe a, a member of AgriMinds is good where they're at right now, but they are influencing a team of younger individuals, or they have children at home that they're trying to help them. And so like, they're good with where they are in their life, but they just want this kind of knowledge so that way they can help those around them too. So like, what kind of advice do you have for those people who are thinking about like, this is the kind of career I think I want. So I'm going to go to school for this, or should I go to trade? Or maybe I need to take a year off and just like job shadow for a bit. What kind of advice or um, experience do you have in that area? Yeah, I definitely say that job shadowing and mentoring is very important. And I agree. In my personal opinion, I think that there is way too much pressure for young people. Nobody knows who they are when they're 18. Um, or you may think, right? There are some people that know, like, you know, if you're going to be a doctor, you got to, you have to get a degree, you know, like you mm -hmm. have to. Um, but for a lot of people that don't know, it's okay. I mean, if I could have turned back time, if I could have told my college self or high school self, something different. I, I would have asked, you know, like I got my degree in visual communications, the idea of doing window displays and merchandising to me, I pursued it because it sounded really fun. Nobody told me that it didn't pay for crap. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. even, even when I got offered a management position, like I got offered a management position of Max Mara in, uh, in um, New York city, right? Like these big fashion labels, my boss on Rodeo drive was making 55,000 a year. I mean, that sucks in LA, yeah. you're managing this big brand. Like mm -hmm. I made $15 an hour at Saks Fifth Avenue in downtown Chicago. Like I could not survive on that. So if I could turn back time, I wish somebody would have said, yeah, this sounds fun, but can you live on the salary? Like before I major in music, I wish somebody would have said your odds of getting a job are very slim. Um, when I got into sales, I wish somebody would have told me, you know, this is the pros and cons. Like for me, I just, I think I kept changing. I kept chasing something different because I didn't know enough about it. I was like, that sounds fun. Let's do that. But I never had a mentor. I never had a role model. My, even my parents, like my dad is not the type of person. My parents are not typically able to give me life advice. Like my dad's not the kind of guy to be like, Hey, Shaw, let's sit down and have a talk about life. You know, like my dad's a man of very few words, which is funny because I like speak for a living and he's like, where do you get this from? <laughs> but, uh, but it's like, 
I never had that. And so I, I admire people that do like, and now I'm in a role now where it's like, when I speak to these students, like I can share with them, like, if you don't know what you want to do right now, that's okay. Like, I don't have any kids, but if I had kids, I would encourage them like not to necessarily go to college. Like if that's what they want to do and they know what they, that's what they like, do it. But you come out of college with, you know, 80, a hundred thousand dollars in debt, whatever. And the odds that you might not even use that degree and you're left paying for something for the first decade of your adult life that you probably won't even use. Like it sickens me sometimes per like, that's just my personal opinion. Um, but like, you know, it, it's just find a mentor, like ask a lot of questions, know what it is that you want to go for. And a lot of what I speak on too, it's like, okay, so here I am a social media influencer and like these kids that are like, oh yeah, TikTok's fun. I think about that and myself a little bit too. Like, well, I'm going to do that because this sounds fun. Like it's what everybody's doing. This is fun. But also realizing that if you enjoy it, it can be a career. Like you, you can make a living, you can build a brand on YouTube or TikTok. You can do this and you can make multiple six figure, sometimes a seven figure income off of a career in social media. So realizing that this is a real career that exists that people can major in now is like media and social media. And as an influencer, it's, it's a big, it's a big deal um, as an extension of advertising or, you know, sales and marketing branding. Um, so, you know, I think, yeah, I could go on and on about this. Topic. <laughs> but, yeah. um, it's okay. It's okay to like explore, you know, figure it out, have conversations. Yeah with people that have been doing it a while, seeing if that's something you really want. Well, and I think the, one of the big things that I work with clients on is I don't ever want to just tell them the answer. Like, I don't want to say, oh, here's where you're, you know, here's the problem that you're facing, or here's the obstacle. My opinion is this, go do that. Like, I don't, I don't do a whole lot of that now. And then it comes out and it, it makes sense too. But a lot of the times I'm asking questions of like, well, what would happen if you did that? Or walk me through like how you would feel if some, this and this and this happened. Like, I don't ever want to solve the answer. I want them to critically think through that. And I think that's a big thing that, um, one, a lot of people in general just don't have the ability or know-how in order to think critically about stuff. Like they can Google something and find the answer, or they've just been so used to asking someone else and someone else answer it. And I think my generation specifically is, you know, like I sometimes am, you know, I'm, I work full time. I'm a mom of two. I'm also helping out on the farm. I also am a wife. I also like want to just be Casey now and then. And so I get really impatient. And so it's like, it's easier for me to tie my kid's shoe than to teach him how to tie his shoe someday. Yeah. Or like, I'm going <laughs> to cut through the bull, uh, baloney and just get him Velcro shoes or something, or it's something that doesn't need tie. Right. And yeah. I think a lot of people right now are thinking about that too, of like, well, we're seeing so-and-so did this and it looked so easy. Their career path turned out this way, or, you know, so-and-so did it this way. And it's like, well, how did they get that done? Like, surely there was a lot more to it than that. And I think it's so important to call out, yes, we can do things like social media that are in agriculture, that we're still advocating for our industry. We're doing something that looks very different than the majority of what people before us in ag looked like, but yeah, there is a strategy that should come with it if you want the long-term success. And so I think that's the piece that it's like, okay, the, the, the professional development needs to have that same intersection of your personal development, which personal development being I'm pursuing something that gets me excited. I'm following through on the social media or the, the speaking, uh, you know, that type of career. But unless we know how to turn that into a business and have the foundation of it, which is where that professional piece comes in, it could end up being uh, us falling on our face. So what, mm -hmm. you know, what do you have to say towards, you know, like, yes, we can do this, but there's other things to think about too. Mm -hmm. Any, any words of wisdom with that? Yeah. I mean, like for me, a lot of it, because my, because this career was pretty much like accidental, right? Like I never thought that this would be my career. Like I just started a Facebook page and it just grew. It's been a lot of trial and error. It's been a lot of learning. Um, it's been a lot of like hiring somebody to do something. Okay. Maybe I want them to do something else. No, that didn't work. No, that works. She's good at this. She's not good at that. You know? So like I have 
and now I have like an agent and a manager and a PR person. And I have like a few freelancers and employees. I've got a team of about almost 10 people now that help me run this, but it it's took, it's taken me years to figure that out. And so again, I think mentorship is really important. Like it took me a, a long time to realize, wait a minute, you're trying to figure this all out on your own because you never had a mentor. Like, because I've never really had a mentor in life, it's kind of been like, that was kind of like my aha moment. And like, I had to, like, I just, I've met a lot of people. I think networking is really important. And so like networking with people when they're like, you just need to do it. And I think sometimes just somebody that's been in the industry longer than you that has maybe a lot more experience in one realm, like marketing or, you know, business can sometimes it just took something as simple as somebody just saying, you just have to do it. <laughs> Cause it's, it's so difficult sometimes to try new things and branch out, but like, you just have to do it and you might fall on your face, but like, that's okay. Some of the most successful people in the world have fallen on their faces multiple times. And so that's okay. But you have to take a risk. If you don't take a risk, it's just anything in life. Like life involves taking a chance. Like sometimes you have to take a leap of faith and realize that it might work. It might not, but if you don't know until you try, so just get after it and over time and the ebb and flow, you, you kind of start to find your rhythm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something that I shared recently was spectators aren't the ones who leave legacies. Like you think of, you know, somebody who's playing the game, they're the ones who are taking the action. They're the ones who are going to win the trophy. Somebody sitting on the sidelines, like they observe somebody else's success. Like they're not the ones who are going to leave that legacy or have someone talking about them or, you know what I mean? And so I think you're right. It's absolutely like, if you want to play the game and win, like you've got to get up off that bench and yeah. you just have to do it. Yeah, totally. I actually, speaking of that, I saw a meme on Facebook the other day and it was about Monopoly. And it was like, could you imagine if you were just going around collecting $200 and trying to stay out of jail? <laughs> like, yeah. You got to make the purchase. You got to like invest. You got to like oh. buy the properties, find the things that will build your business and your income. And like, it might be kind of scary and, you know, but like, you can't just go through life, pass and go, you know, and collecting oh, that's good. dollars avoiding jail. You've got to like, try it. Just get oh. out Win the game. I think that's so funny because like, I think it's on Ace Ventura. He's like, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. And it is, <laughs> yeah. I, I just think that's so funny. It's like, I, you know, like, who are you to tell me that I can't keep passing go? Like, there's nothing wrong with continuing to make that circle, but you're just going to continue to make that circle. And if that's yeah. what you want, that's fine. But just know, like, there is something else for you. If you decided to make a different move the yeah. next go around, you know, totally. So, oh, that's so good. I think this has been super enlightening. Any final words that you want to share on, you know, just advice or like if someone was in AgriMinds that was like, I'm ready to, you know, like I want to just take things to the next level. I'm not sure if that means I need to just do more of my hobby or if that means I need to make a change in my career, but like, I just feel like there's something that needs to happen. What would you tell them? Yeah. I mean, I would say just really take a step back. I, I also think that travel does a lot for your soul. Like, um, I think just taking some alone time and just unplugging is as difficult as that can be. I know a lot of people can't physically do that, but like, if you can, or you can find a way to just unplug and just go somewhere even by yourself and just take some time to just decompress, focus on your mental health and your happiness and really give yourself some time to be alone and think about what it is that truly drives you and makes you happy that you should try that. Um, I've been to like 68 countries now. I've been to all seven continents and I'll be damned if it wasn't those moments where I was just by myself backpacking through Europe, just looking around at the world around me and the people around me and just going, wow, like this is, this is what dreams are made of. Like this is, this is living. And, you know, sometimes you just have to think about what, what is your true passion and purpose. If you do all things with purpose, I know um, Pierce Lyons, I don't know if you know Pierce Lyons, he, he was the founder of Alltech, uh, a billionaire from Ireland, this crazy billion, a billionaire um, Irish businessman who started from nothing. Um, but he's written a lot of books and I've read a lot of his stuff and I've met him a few times before he passed away a few years ago, but Pierce Lyons would always say, do all things with purpose. And I think that's really says something like if your purpose, if you wake up every day and you love what you do and your why is there and you're like, 
this is where I'm supposed to be with my family on the farm. That is amazing. Keep doing it. But if you're just kind of like stuck in a rut and you're like, maybe I need to try something different. I think doing something like a masterminds or like figuring out, learning more about yourself, self-discovering self-reflection is really key. And, and just continue to just chase happiness. You know what I mean? Find happiness. Yeah. Life is way too short. (laughs) Yesterday, I actually, we were listening on to the radio on our way home from church and it was, um, I don't mind the Judds, but for some reason, sometimes they just are like nails on a chalkboard for me. And yesterday (laughs) that, that was the day for me. And, um, I, I hit no. And I like moved the, the radio dial and he's like, like that was really aggressive. And I said, life is too short to listen to the Judds, and I like, <laughs> which I, said, I love the Judds most days, but yesterday I was just not in the mood for it. And I'm like, if you're not in the mood for it and you're feeling like, I just like, I don't have to tolerate this. I don't, I can choose to turn the dial. Like yeah. I don't have to listen to a song that I'm not in the mood to listen to. And I think the same can be said for like your job or the hobbies or the people that you're around. Like there are people that I genuinely care about, but I just don't want them to be in my life anymore. Like yeah, yeah. you're toxic, you're complaining uh, or whatever. And it's like, I love you as a human being. That doesn't mean that I don't care about you, but I just don't want to be friends with you anymore. Yeah. And I don't want to feel guilty about that. And I think the same can be said for your job too, of, or, yeah. you know, anything. So I just, yeah. I love it, getting rid of toxic people is really important. Um, and you know, if you want to talk about being candid too, when you chase your passion and your happiness and everything, your, your mental health, you have to prioritize your mental health. And I'll be honest. I mean, I struggle with anxiety sometimes. Right. But, um, so it's like, you know, I have a prescription for it. I can take it as needed, but I've, I haven't had to take anything in about six months now. And that's amazing because I've learned how to, delegate. I've learned how to take the plunge. I've learned how to, um, get rid of toxic people as much as you love people. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you just have to, you just have to pull the plug or cut, you know, what's the word I'm trying to say? Like, you just have to cut the, get rid of them. (laughs) 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 Pulling the plug sounds really bad. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, Cut the cord. You you have to cut. Yeah. Cut the cord. Is that what I'm trying to say? I don't don't know. know. We're going with it. rid of shitty people. That's what I'm trying to say. But, um, yeah. And it's, and it took me a long time, you know, to realize it's like, you know, when I was going through these, um, you know, when I had anxiety, when I was going through these things, it's like, I had so much on my plate and I was so stressed out, but, and then it's like, then you're coping with, with pharmaceuticals and you're coping with these different mechanisms that aren't the best, like people that drink too much, people that turn to drugs and alcohol, it's not good for you. But if you can figure out how to, be brave enough to say, I'm not going to deal with this person anymore or this situation anymore. It's the best feeling in the world when all of a sudden you're able to overcome it and you work on yourself and you go to therapy and you do the things I've, I've been there. I've done it. I'm a huge advocate for it. All of a sudden you go, wow, life is really freaking good. Mm-hmm. And when you hit that moment and we can all get there, we all go through ups and downs, but when you manage it in a way that truly makes you happy, it is amazing. Well, and I think though, to add on to that, you know, I'm, I'm envisioning those people who are always the person who's like, well, if you work on a dairy and I don't know why I've been picking on dairy farmers today, but you know, if you work (laughs) on a dairy, like you got to get up at this time and you got to go, you know, you can't go to bed until this time. And every day, all day, you've got things that have to be done. Like you can't step away. You can't go on vacation. You don't have time to go to therapy. You know, like sometimes I get it, But then sometimes it's like, but you must not really want to put yourself first then. Like, I know that I hear you saying that you can't provide for your family unless you get the farm chores done or or whatever. But it's like, sometimes you need to bring in somebody else sometimes. And although I can't afford to do that, prices aren't there. We can't afford to bring in somebody to help us. We can't afford to automate. We can't afford to, to delegate these things. And what, what advice would you have for someone who's just like, it doesn't seem like there's a way out of that. Like like we're tied to the farm. We're tied to the ranch. We're tied to the business. Like we just can't leave. We don't have the resources to bring other people in. We don't have the resources to to delegate. Like what advice would you give for them? I, I mean, my first thought is like five minutes to yourself each morning to just like 
set intentions for the day? Like what, what kind of advice would you give to them? Yeah, that's really tough. And my heart goes out for people that there's so many people in our industry that are in that situation. And you, we talk about mental health. That's a real problem in our industry. Um, you know, in my experience, talking with other farmers, the people that have been in that situation is they find a way to diversify. They find a way, like one of my friends in particular, when that happened to him, he switched his entire operation over to organic because he could be more profitable. Um, and he found a way to diversify into different crops. So as much as that can be difficult to say, well, this is what we know, this is what we've always done. You know, is there a way that you can do some type of beef cross? Is there a way you can do a value add? Is there a way that you can tap into a niche? Is there a way you can sell direct? Is there a way you can try something different? Can you build a social media presence? Um, we see it all the time. You know, you, you've got somebody like Megan Dairy Girl, Iowa Dairy Farmer, TDF Honest Farming. Um, you know, these guys, uh, they're making money off of social media. And so you can still keep doing what you're doing, but now all of a sudden you're doing a video you know, you're getting paid for putting content out there. You're getting the partnerships. Now, if you want to free up capital, you know, these influencers, they're getting brand partnerships and sponsorships with big equipment companies, with um, equipment, with uh, technology, with data. Um, and all of a sudden now you're not paying for these services anymore because you're advocating for it on social media as an influencer, as, as building that brand and, and extension of advertising for that brand. So diversify don't be afraid to try new things and also just you know maybe you do have that that one relative or that one family member that is to your point in a different role they're the creative type they're not good at this they are good at that figuring out and pulling different people's strengths and and making it go smoother overall because you're not forcing somebody to do something that they hate that they're not good at can really bring about new ideas, you know? And so, you know, maybe your, maybe your kid doesn't want to come back to the farm because they don't want to milk cows, but maybe your kid wants to come back to the farm because they really like driving tractors. Maybe they really like running technology. Maybe they really like doing the books. Mm -hmm. So there are ways that you can get involved without being the traditional, we've always done it this way. You've got to do it this way. Oh, that's so good. There's actually a farm not too far from us that same exact thing. The kid is not I say kid, he's probably like mid twenties. He's not super into the farming operation. He doesn't want to get under there and change sweeps out. He doesn't want to clean bins. He doesn't necessarily want to, you know, run the planter, but something that he is, is, is a fond of it and fond of technology. And so he went and got his drone license and now goes out and takes photography of other farms with his drone and sells, sells that. And then also does um, social media for local co-ops. And so he, he's partially involved in the farm um, and doing work for his dad, but at the same time, like, and that may be draining his cup, if you will, but then he's filling his cup back up by still being involved in these other things that can work around his schedule during yeah. the busy season and not busy season. And so, like you said, he, he still has to be that hand on the farm in order to keep the farm family farm running, but he's filling his cup back up and diversifying what he's doing during the off season through the drone thing. So I think, yeah. you know, like you said, just getting really creative and, you know, had you, like, if I had gone to my dad, uh, you know, 10 years ago and said, I'm going to not take over the farm anymore. I'm going to go be a, a coach for people in agriculture. He's going to be like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. and so I know how hard it is for someone to approach someone who isn't used to, or doesn't have the familiarity with the type of role that you're going after, but being equipped with not only the confidence, but you know, like, here's how I've helped other people. Here's how I can make money. Cause sometimes you have to show the data, right? Like I'm making money this way and here's how it's going to benefit you. Yes. Now I'll be on your side, you know? And so I think yeah. just approaching it from that way too. So, oh, exactly. this was, this was good stuff, Michelle. Thank you so much for this. Anything else you want to add? I think we're good. I'd say just, um, you know, again, I'm the farmbabe.com is my website. If anybody wants to uh, check it out, I'm farm babe on Facebook at the farm babe on social media and looking forward to connecting with your listeners. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. This was so good. Yeah. You too. Thanks. All right.